What is up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm Tony Mango. I've got with me Robert D. Felice. Hi, Robert. I'm Tony. No, but uh, God, that's wrong. So, sorry. <laughs> We're coming to you in a 4-3 aspect ratio if I bothered to go through and do that, but I wouldn't do that because I actually like my graphics. So <laughs> maybe I'll put it all in black and white. Or maybe I won't. Maybe it'll just be a four-hour-long podcast. How about we do that? Uh, all right, I'll see you when the sun comes up. <laughs> what we're talking about here is Zack Snyder's Justice League. It came out the other day. We got a chance to watch it. Um, I watched it over the course of uh, two sittings. I watched half and then the other half just because I started it at, like, five in the morning, like an idiot. So it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, once I get halfway through this, I think I'm going to try to get some sleep and then finish the rest of the day and then do that kind of stuff. You watched it so, all four hours in one chunk, right? I started at 11 and I finished around three and oof, it's a long one. So I've already done a review of Justice League, the Joss Whedon cut. So I don't know if you want to refer to the one as the other one, the one is this one. I mean, it's there's the theatrical cut, which is the second cut of the film, because the first one's the Zack Snyder's cut, but then this is as, Zack Snyder's Justice League, so... As this stands, like, this is the real Justice League, to me. There's the Justice League, as some people have dubbed it. <laughs> That's the Joss Whedon cut. I can it's a little, that. It's a little too hard to say the Justice League and have anybody understand what we're saying on the podcast. So I'll just call it Whedon Cut and Snyder Cut to make it easier. So I'm not saying Zack Snyder's Justice League and Joss Whedon's version of the film that was the theatrical run or whatever. We're going to refer to it as, as similar things like that throughout this whole podcast. And um, it's going to act as kind of a normal review point and kind of a comparison video. And, and I'm not going to have like comparison graphics or something. It's just still just a podcast, but... We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, the hits and the misses, what was better, what was worse. And kind of just break down the movie. It's it's the same movie, but it's not. But better. It's better in a lot of ways. It's missing some things that I actually liked better in the theatrical cut. So there's definitely positives and negatives that are coming out of this. And your gut reaction afterward was, this is so much better. This was so much better. Not even like close. Like this is a movie I'd watch again. You know, like that theatrical cut was not was not good. It was a movie that frustrated me completely. It soured me even more on Superman. Like, did they were all making fun of Bruce? Like that movie. Had me convinced I never wanted to see Affleck's Batman again. This movie had me wanting more of Affleck as Batman. I have a real love-hate relationship with Snyder's version of the DC film franchise. I'm not going to call it the DCEU because it's not called that. <laughs> but the like the first impression that I had for Man of Steel was... Man, this is like 75% perfect and 25%. What the hell is the matter with you? Because, for instance, and this isn't just going to be a Man of Steel review, uh, I think Henry Cavill 
is fantastic as Superman. Would have been a good Bond. Still could. Maybe in the future. I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd watch it. I think that Diane Lane and um, Kevin Costner are amazing cast choices for Jonathan and Martha Kent. I think that Zod was really well cast and so on and so forth. And they, like the, the action was better than any of the action in any of the Superman movies. But then they did stuff like have it where Jonathan Kent tells him he should have let people die. And I'm like, that's not Jonathan Kent. Don't do that. Don't have him say that that you could fix a lot of the things that I don't like about Man of Steel with very minor tweaks. Because even the line that he says in that where Clark says, well, what should I have done? Just let them die. And he goes, I don't know. Maybe the way you fix it is you just have Jonathan go. I don't know. Maybe. Well, no, you couldn't have done that. It's tough, son. Where you just go, yeah, sometimes you're going to think to yourself, I don't know, maybe, but then you're going to have that, like, no, of course not. You don't do that. You're my son. You don't let people die. And then that's that saves the scene and whatever. Like, that's kind of how I've approached a lot of these movies. And for something like Batman v Superman, flawed movie in a lot of ways. But have you ever seen the Ultimate Edition? No significantly better movie. So what is it with this guy? So like I'm convinced at this point after watching this film and Batman v Superman, Zack Snyder cannot be edited. And that's the problem. <laughs> like if somebody tells him trim a bunch of stuff, it becomes a mess. But if he gets to do these long sweeping epic type of things, he can tell a damn good story with just some problems along the way and that being said like that's what this movie was to me it was a long epic story that hit a lot of really good points and i would definitely watch it again i think batman v superman is even more so along that 75 percent brilliant 25 percent hugely problematic side of things because Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition, I should say it's got some of the best Bruce Wayne stuff. It's got like wonder woman's great for her little bit that she's in there. Like I'll go back to one thing in Batman v Superman. We're not just reviewing the other movies we're talking about justice league, but I think it's important to set it up. I love, for instance, in Batman v Superman when Bruce is at the party and he pretends to be drunk and not know where he's at trying to look for the bathroom. And he's really just looking to spy and to hack into the system and stuff. So he's all just kind of like, oh, I was looking for the bathroom. And they're like, oh, it's the other part. And he goes, I like your shoes. Because I'm like, oh, he's playing up this drunk part. And then when the person walks away, he's immediately like, all right, I'm going to hack into the system, whatever. I'm like, God, that's Bruce. Like, he can play the dumb playboy. And then in other parts, you got the line of the whole, if he's even a 1% chance, we have to take it as an absolute certainty that he's a villain or whatever. I'm like, that's Bruce Wayne. Batman is so fucking great. And then you get here, he's killing people and you're like, come on, Zach. Like, you know. All right. Well, also right now, I did not mind the use of guns in this movie. 
This movie? No. I feel like human. Batman is much better in this one than he was in Batman v Superman scenes that I didn't like in Batman v Superman. Because, mo- again, most of Batman v Superman, the Batman parts are perfect. And then there's just some parts where I'm like, you missed the bar. You did the wrong thing there. You shouldn't have Bruce living in a penthouse, like in a an abandoned Wayne Manor when you can have Wayne Manor, but you shouldn't have him kill people because whatever. You shouldn't have Dick Grayson be the dead Robin because he's not the dead Robin. You shouldn't kill off Jimmy Olsen ahead of time. Like, you know, that kind of thing. But in this one, it's like, like okay. It. When Dick Grayson's the dead Robin, by the way, that's yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. It's not good, not the slightest bit. Those are the kind of mistakes that I feel like if there's another person in the room that can tell somebody like a Snyder, be like, "Look, I know where you're going with this, and I know that you're going like the the darker and grittier type of thing, but can we switch this up a little bit?" I think that that makes a big difference. And to be fair, I think that the Joss Whedon cut of this has a couple things that I wish that this Zack Snyder cut had. It's just that overall, the Snyder cut's a far better movie. It's a million times better. I almost said it was leagues ahead, but we'll save the puns for that. <laughs> it's uh, Justice Society's ahead. <laughs> it just doesn't make uh, any sense. Of you America. Know? Yeah. I have a bunch of random-ass notes, because it's a four-hour-long thing, and I didn't write things down in order. Um, so we're going to bounce around here quite a bit because, <laughs> you know, we're going to be like, and another thing about the scene I talked about before, you know, that kind of a thing. So I apologize for my erratic ideas, but if you have your thoughts and you want to chime in about what you think positive or negative pro and con throughout this whole journey, where we're going to be talking about this, drop in the comment section below, tell us your thoughts on our thoughts and anything else that you wanted to chime in about. And while you're over here in, in the uh, YouTube space and you're leaving that comment, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel because that is something that helps us out quite a bit. Ring that little notification bell as well. Hit the like button. Hit the share button if you want to pass this around to anybody. Check us out on patreon.com slash fanboysanonymous and help sponsor some other episodes going forward. And to just, you know, let us know that you uh, that you like us and you appreciate it and a buck a month is a really good deal with the amount of podcasts that we're giving you guys. So consider donating to that. We'll talk about some more plugs a little bit later on. Uh, I'm not going to bog that down too much. Um, I have a note here. Uh, I guess I'll start with this kind of thing. The opening shot that went on forever. <laughs> and the very first impression I had about this cut of the film was, Oh God, no wonder it's four hours long. It's going to be two and a half hours of the shot of just, uh, for that, like the entire universe or whatever. I'm, I I didn't really like that, to be honest. It's a good way to kick it off. But yes, it did go on a little too long. I would have trimmed yeah. a little bit of fat here. I get where they're going because they did the whole thing about the bell's been rung. Now that they know that the Kryptonian's dead, that he's heard the screams, and now Darkseid's coming. But it didn't need to be like a five minute shot or, you know. So there's moments of this movie where I'm like, he's going more poetic. And I appreciate it, but at the same time, you could be reined in a little bit. Right. One of my issues. 
have a note there that says, I don't think Snyder's seen a slow-mo he didn't like. Well, he's... So... I kind of got a little, like, nostalgic watching this film because this very much felt like the big, unnecessarily epic summer blockbuster film. Even though I know that all these characters were in their own films, it didn't really feel like, you know, you need to watch that. The way that, like, you need to watch the... The MCU. The MCU, thank you. And, like, you can't just jump into Endgame. You need to watch everything that came before it. It's so yeah. baffling to me when somebody's like, yeah, I've seen, like, uh, Iron Man 2 and, um, like, Ant-Man and Endgame. It's like, what? <laughs> How do you even know what's happening? Yeah. This felt like a film that you can watch from just spot on from just the opening of this film. If you watch all four hours, you've sat through a good epic film and it's, it's kind of what I wanted from this movie. It's just a fun superhero film. I think it's a little bit too much of a music video at moments. Yeah, that's, that's, that was a weird choice. Not only is that like the, the slow-mo side of things, but one of the things, there's going to be a lot that I really, really like about this. So I don't want to make it seem like I'm talking about only negatives here. We're going to get into a lot of like amazing positives. It's a hits and misses podcast. So you're going to get hits and misses. But one of the big misses that I have here, the music. Yeah. The score is meh. And that's a shame because the score for Man of Steel and the score for Batman v Superman are great. And this, I like that, that uh, every time that Wonder Woman was on the screen, I didn't like that at all. Uh, and I, I don't want to take away from this because I'm sure it built the character, but the the Aquaman song. When, when he's on the, uh, the bridge and he's, it's like the little music yeah. video moment. Like what, what was all that? Like, it's I'm weird sorry. choices of music. I'm going to compare it to wrestling because it's what I know. But like, it just seemed to break out into these random video package vignettes of like, yeah. and now here's a song and we're highlighting this guy. And it's like, no. And then the weird thing with Barry and he takes the hot dog and like, you would think he'd known this girl his whole life. The way that everything's just slow and the music's playing in the background, like this is such a big dramatic moment. To the best of my knowledge, he had no idea who she was. Now I'll give them credit on that one because it is meeting his future wife. That's fair. So it's kind of like you know love at first sight type of thing. But I don't get the choice of music for some of them, where like Zack Snyder seems to prefer very folky songs. Even like the versions of like Hallelujah that he likes a lot. And I guess like actually a good comparison to me is there's a lot of music used in Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think it works yeah. significantly better than the music in these. I think that has a great soundtrack. Yeah, because 
ain't no mountain high enough. When you get to that, like, you know, spoilers for Guardians, but Peter's listening to that. That's the first track that he hears. I nearly teared up. And I've never been a big fan of that song. And now I like that song a lot because of Guardians of the Galaxy. But with like the shot of Aquaman and it's just like, you know, this extended, I'm walking into the sea. This is my vignette type of thing. Like, you know what? They don't need this shot. You could cut that. You could trim. You could trim a couple things here and there. And I don't think it changes a single thing. Like Steppenwolf did not need to do that scene where he's getting the information out of the Atlantean. Right. He just, we know that he found it out. He's on the hunt for them and he found it. We don't need a couple of minutes of him torturing another Atlantean. If you want to argue that it tries to set up that little spidery thing, by the time we see the spidery thing getting the information out of another guy, yeah, we go completely different, completely like separated moment. And, and it's kind of like, oh, so the spidery thing does that. Okay. You know, we don't need a whole scene separating that. So it's, there's some sequences that absolutely didn't need to be in there, but there are some sequences that are so much better and characters that didn't exist in the other one that it's like, it, it's almost like they did drop an entire movie and they just said, let's trim this down to as basic as we can get it. And then say that it's good enough where you can't do that with some movies. And it movies. really wasn't. I cannot stress that enough. Like the movie that we got in theaters was just objectively a bad movie. Because it's a mess. It's two people splicing together two different movies. And it doesn't work that way. I do think Justice League could have been done well by Joss Whedon. But if he's picking up the leftovers of somebody else's movie and trying to patch things together, then you get stuff like the mother box. It's such a better scene when they're realizing that the mother box can bring Superman back. Yep. Because in this movie, they're like, hey, we can't beat Steppenwolf, but we know that the Kryptonian can because they were afraid of the Kryptonian and he's the strongest person and the mother box we've learned from cyborg that that can change matter. And Barry understands this and Bruce understands this and what, and it's like, okay, so now they understand that this is what can do instead of, I think in the other one, it was like Bruce and Diana talking about how they needed Superman to be the leader. Right. Which that's not what you need Superman for. You need Superman to beat the shit out of Steppenwolf. And you see that with my whole issue was I thought the other movie under really did a job at undermining Bruce. Like Bruce was like, ah, what's what's your superpowers again? I'm rich. In, instead of it being like this running gag of irritants, like why is this guy here? He's just a rich guy. It that line was more played up for laughs. Like, oh, how'd you save the house, Bruce? I bought the bank. It was those two yeah. moments of, I have money and you don't. And that's all you needed. As opposed to, Diana keeps shutting this guy down because girl power. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just, like, in the theatrical release, it was very, like, and Diana has shut him down again. 
And yeah, because there's that that scene where she's setting his uh like broken rib or whatever it is. Yeah. And she's like, you don't have to uh, she says something about like you don't have to prove yourself, you don't have any powers or something like that, or I, I don't remember exactly what the whole thing is. But I will give credit to where it's due. I do think that there are some scenes in the Joss Whedon version that I wish were in this one. Like what? I liked that angle in the previous one that Bruce was willing to die. Where he was sort of like, my plan is I'm going to sacrifice myself and you guys can finish the job. I liked that they had set that up and they, I don't think that they hit it as hard in this one. I think they didn't hit it as hard because they didn't need to. That element was definitely there. Yeah, it's still there. It's just, I think that maybe one of those scenes could have been reworked. I mean, he didn't want to use any of Joss Whedon's stuff because that wasn't in his game plan whatsoever. But I think that, for instance, it's a shame that we don't get some happier Superman stuff. Like, I... I don't want Superman in this thing to be a completely different Superman, but I don't want Superman to always just not be Superman. And I think you need a happy medium between the two. I was okay with the previous version justifying that he's got his second chance and he came back and now he's going to be a happier Superman. But Whedon tends to take things a little bit too much into comedy for the sake of comedy, just to bring some lightness into it. Whereas Snyder tends to go with realism Despite comedy. Like, I so again jumping all over the place and sorry, but my biggest issue with Justice League to the point where like I started screaming to the people I was watching it with was my god, they got their fucking ass kicked. And then this guy shows up and it's just like is this what was giving you problems? Bang, 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 bang. You know, and that's after kicking their ass, too, because Superman comes back and he's not sure who he is. This film not only made the rest of the league seem competent, Mm -hmm. but it also made the arrival of Superman such a welcome addition and, like, the final piece of the puzzle... And not the all-in-one solution. Yeah, I get what you mean. And that, to me, is alone why I would always watch this version over the theatrical release. I do wish, though, that there's a happy medium between... Like, I liked Clark bonding with Cyborg when they were trying to get the the mother box together. And he was like, you know, can you you hold it and... Like that little moment I liked, and I I do like the post credit thing of Clark racing Barry. It eh. wouldn't it wouldn't fit in Snyder's film. I like these post credit scenes so much more. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to like. You can't just turn one eighty. You can't go from super dark and super serious and ominous to hey, let's race and not like it feel jarring i thought they were setting up a whole nother franchise there for a second and i was like you know what 
I'm down with it. Well, they definitely were, because... Have you followed what his original plan was? No. Was it going to end with injustice? So, spoilers for everybody that doesn't necessarily want to know. I, Well, let's put it this way. He has said, this is it. This is not, like, they're not doing another movie. They're not going to finish the rest of the series the way that he was going to. This is out of continuity. This is just kind of like a film exercise, kind of. So, even though I'm spoiling something, it's not something that's going to happen. Basically, his plot was the next film would be Dark Side takes over and he gets the anti life equation and Lois dies. And Lois and Bruce have been in a relationship at one point, and there would be this whole subplot thing where. Clark turns bad because of the anti-life equation. And that's why they get that whole thing at the end. They send Barry back in time. He changes things. And eventually, long story short, Cyborg figures out a way to become human again. And um, Batman sacrifices his life. And Clark is good again. And Lois has a kid, and it's Bruce's. Oh. So, like, at one point in this movie, there's a shot of Lois having a pregnancy test. And at the end of the movie, Bruce says, congrats, by the way. So it's like there's elements that are there. But there's also elements that are different from that original idea that he had said that he had. So I don't know if that's how they would actually go because, well, Lois and Bruce don't have a relationship in this movie. So they kind have, of already steered ever, away from that. Oh, they've, they've had a relationship here and there. Uh, Even like um, World's Finest, remember? All right. Right. That's because that just seems like. No, that's. It's just wrong, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Like, no, Lois is pure. Like, yeah, it's Lois and Clark. It's not Lois and Bruce. Bruce needs to be with Selena. Selena, okay. Yeah, there are certain things in life, (laughs) and that's one of them. Bruce needs to be with Selena. I do think that some humor could be added into this, though, and some stuff that like. It's not a big deal, so I'm sure that they could have been able to... If there was, like, a committee working on this movie, I would have pitched some of those things, too, that Whedon did. Like, I don't think it's a problem for Cyborg to say booyah. That's his catchphrase. I would have had that in there. And I know that Ray Fisher didn't like that, but to me, it's like, well, that's his catchphrase. You you just... You don't make it goofy. You just have him say it, you know? But you have him say it in a scene like the football scene where he wins the game, he scores the touchdown and he's just like, booyah, whatever. And people go, that's, that's cyborg's phrase. Ha ha. They did the reference. Cause why not? Right. Or like, even when they're getting ready for battle and it's like, all right, he's got the weapons all prepped. He could have just let it out there. Yeah, you know, he's preparing his armed guns and he's just kind of like, yeah, booyah kind of thing booyah. or something. And it's a subtle, but it's a booyah, and it's... 
there you go. You don't got to go all yippee ki on the whole thing, but I, like, I liked Aquaman with the Lasso of Truth in the other version that wasn't in this. I forget exactly what he says, but he's like talking about like his feelings or something, and it reali- right. he realizes that the lasso's hooked on him. That's why he's spilling the beans. But at the same time, I'm glad that the Flash doesn't just fall on top of Wonder Woman for a cheap, oh, I fell on the hot chick's boobs kind of joke. I mean, yeah, it's too cheeky. Uh, <laughs> cheeky. Yeah. Again, Wonder Woman. Great, great casting choice. <laughs> How good looking is Gal Gadot? Like, it's just <laughs> that so, literally is one of the notes that I have. Is just Gal Gadot equals, and then exclamation points. I I cannot. Like she's so there. There's a class to it. You know, it's not. It's not just like like Megan Fox ten years ago was just like, you know, oh my god, so hot. It's like. Gal is classy in addition to just being absolutely fucking gorgeous. Great casting for the whole like Wonder Woman being this like epitome of a woman, you know, to look up to for beauty and for strength and for all these kind of things. The same way that the men are. I mean, because like Henry Cavill, the dude's a god. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I think they got the right guy to play Batman too. And I wasn't sold. On Affleck, but again, after watching this, I'm like, you know what? He he played a very good Batman. Ben Affleck is my favorite on-screen Batman. Yeah, you were telling me that. I was like, uh, a lot of people don't feel that way. I mean, like, I'll pick Kevin Conroy in my head for like the voice of Batman, voice. but you get like. I mean, the, the it's in the other version of it. It's on this one too. But the I don't care how many demons he's fought and however many hells he's never fought us. Like that's Bruce. Because fuck you, I'm the the goddamn Batman. That kind of thing. We'll get to one of those post credit scenes where I he said something that literally shook me. Let's talk about it because it's uh, you know, we're bouncing around here. The part where the dystopian future which we didn't get to see much of the nightmare thing but we got to see more of it this time because that's where they're that's like the big thing that he's trying to build with batman v superman and such where in this future you got deathstroke and mira and barry cyborg bruce and the joker which is like okay cool fucking joker's there working with batman this is pretty something's dire you know it's the Leto Joker, which is better than it was. Much better. He's a little bit more reserved than I would want. He's a little bit... I'm sorry. Go to, go to smartguymoment.com. He's a little bit like Sting, where he's literally just going, Ooh, I'm the Joker. Like, I, I just got like Sting vibes <laughs> from it, but so much better than... Suicide Squad. And uh, like his like back and forth with Batman where he's talking about, you know, how many more people are going to have to die? You know, you've lost uh, you've lost Lois and your mother, your father and your adopted son. And uh, the line I think that you're thinking of is when he's like when uh, when Harley died in my arms and so on and so forth, whatever. So when I kill you, 
and make no mistakes, I will, I will fucking kill you. I will, I will fucking kill you. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Batman. Like, Batman does not kill people, but Batman always is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And it's like, yeah. Fuck yeah. And your Joker played it well. He's just openly talking about how it's Bruce Wayne. He's like, here's the truth, Bruce. You know, as long as you had this card, you know, nothing bad will happen between us. But if you rip it up, we can go somewhere and talk or whatever he said. And he just looked at him like, I will fucking kill you. Make no mistake. I was like, oh, oh my God, I want to see it happen now. And then uh, Superman shows up and that's how you realize that he's a threat. And it's just so good. And then Bruce wakes up and I'm like, all right, I'm okay with it because it was too good. It's too good to be true. I love moments like that. Because at this point, if you've seen enough of the TV shows and the comics and the video games and the movies and whatever, to be perfectly honest, like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for all of it, but the moments that stand out to me in these type of stories at this point are not whether or not Batman is having the best fight sequence or whether or not there's a particular like set in a Batman thing where it's like, okay, well you got the, the dark and moody set down or whatever. Like you need all of the elements of course. Cause if it was like, well, this looks weird or they didn't even have any action in that movie, that kind of a thing. But the things that really stand out to me as like, not just you need this stuff. This is the stuff that makes it go an extra step are the moments right. like that kind of a thing where I'm like, Oh, you get the character and you're doing character work. I like the character stuff. Like I absolutely love, for instance, the scene of Martha and um, Lois where she's saying she can't tell people how proud she is of her son and no one knows how she and Lois feel because they're the only people who really knew Clark were them and everybody else talks about how much they're mourning and she can't tell them no, but she can't do anything about that, whatever. And it's just sort of like uh, that and like Martha pulling up to the farm to see that Clark's back. Like those are the moments I watch these movies for. And I go, oh my God, I love it. I also liked um, Martha telling Lois, if you want to do something for me, Return to the living. I. It's very good, you know? Mm -hmm. Return to the living. I didn't like that that was actually Martian Manhunter. I'm glad Martian Manhunter's in this, but I don't think that that should have been him. I think that that should have been actually Martha, you know? Because it's just, right. it, it undercuts it because it's like, oh, Martha didn't have that conversation then. But it's like it's cool. Like Martian Manhunter's in this. It's General Sonwick. That's neat. I like the inclusion of Manhunter. I like the, his scene at the end better. Yeah, I think that that's the better reveal. So that would be one of those things that I would have cut out if I were like working on this movie. I'd be like Zach. I don't think you should have that Martian Manhunter reveal because he's not in the end fight. So you're setting him up for nothing, really. 
he could he should have been in the end fight now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you set up midway through the movie, Martian Manhunter is a character now. And he only comes in at the end and goes, Okay, now that you guys solved the problem, now I'm gonna start doing stuff. Whereas if you cut that little bit, Martha and uh Lois have an actual scene together, and then the big reveal at the end of Martian Manhunter becomes, oh wow, didn't see that one coming. Martian Manhunter's here too. Cool. You know? Yeah. So that's a, a mistake. Small detail there. Uh some other thing. I really like that they incorporated Ryan Choi in this. That was good. You know, whenever they include characters like that, I think as long as they don't do them injustice, then I think that's so much better. Like when they had Professor Hamilton and Man uh, Man versus Steel, I was gonna say, and Man of Steel, uh, that's like okay, you needed a scientist character. Of course, you're gonna use Emil Hamilton. Great, just don't kill off Jimmy Olsen, you know, like, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and I thought, of course, you know, great, great casting with uh, Kai. Uh, that's about all I got. The fun stuff he added to the scenes with uh, Cyborg's dad. Cyborg's dad, man, the relationship between Victor and Silas is significantly better in this movie, and it's significantly more played up. Yeah, it's it's night and day. In Joss Whedon's cut, it's the bare bones. Something happened to me, and I don't trust my dad anymore. And then, well, I guess we're going to try to repair this relationship. This is so much better. I like his, uh, like, sacrifice. That was heart-wrenching. And I like that it wasn't that he was trying to destroy the box, because he knew he couldn't. That he was just marking it. That was cool. He almost seemed like as much of a main character as any of the members of the League. Yeah. He had a lot to do with this film. Big fan of the way that they use Silas Stone. Because Cyborg's not the type of character I think can stand on alone on its own movie. I still think that Flash really can't for the most part, but Flash is a lot easier than Cyborg. And Flash has the built-in, like, people like the show, people, you know, they're used to seeing this character on his own. Yeah, I mean, he's been around for decades, whereas Cyborg... He's always been a part of like the Teen Titans. And yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't want to see him in his own film. Plus, it's a little bland to just be like, oh, check out our new film, Cyborg. Okay. It doesn't have a, a flair to it, you know? I want to be Cyborg. I told you that. <laughs> yeah, like the ATM scene. This, this dude was like manipulating money, and I'm just like, can you imagine having. That ability to just, you know what? Today I won $100,000. Okay, cool. It's mine because I can manipulate everything in the world because I'm part machine. It's a good moment that he uses that to help somebody who's struggling. Right. Instead of like he steals it for himself or something. Because there was also the the scene of like he changed somebody's grades because her mother had just died. When, when they were kids and yeah and the mother stood by him like listen there's no way that girl can pass and what are you doing to help her it's like 
Good shit. I liked uh, a lot of the stuff that we got that was extra with Alfred. Because we got a lot more Alfred in this one. Dude, this Alfred. Top notch. I enjoyed this Alfred. I love that he like referred to Superman when he pops up and he's just like, Master Kent. Like, just sort of like, that's Alfred, you know? Alfred would do that. That's Master Kent. And I like the little bit with the T. Where, uh, yeah. like, there's not much humor in this movie, but the humor that's in there, for the most part, it lands. It's you know, a little moment like that of him just being like, you know, no, I don't want any tea, but you should do it this way and that way and that way. I'll, I'll take care of it. Because <laughs> I like the idea of as much as we love Bruce and as much as Bruce kicks all kinds of ass, Bruce is a man child. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and Alfred has developed this perpetual, like, no, no, I... I like this controlling because I I do everything around here. I got it. Like I don't need to do this. And I like, for instance, there's a joke of you think that Wonder Woman would go for a younger guy, and Cyborg's like, uh, she's five thousand years old, Barry. Every guy's a younger guy. And I like the uh, when they arrive at the cave, and Bruce goes, "This is Alfred. I work for him." This is. I don't know, I like that line. It's very playful, and it establishes Alfred as, like, a badass in his own way. Yeah, is that the part where uh, Aquaman says, badass Alfred? Yeah, badass (laughs) Alfred. Oh, another line that I wrote down that I really, really like. Not a comedy one, but just a really uh, good little bit was when Bruce says, Alfred, for once, I'm operating strictly on faith, not reason. And then... Uh, Alfred says and this might be my favorite line of the whole movie when he says if you can't take down the charging bull don't wave the red cape at it and like, Bruce shoots back this cape will charge back and I just really enjoyed that yeah because that's such a good line It's it works on so many levels like whoever if that's Snyder wrote that line or Terrio or Will Beal whoever it might have been I'm assuming it's probably Terrio that's a fucking great line and I like as they're boarding the jet when he's like, Alfred, who's a cynic in this movie, it's just like, well, what makes you so sure he's going to show up? And Bruce just goes, Faith, Alfred. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, in this version of the story, even more so than a lot of the other ones, Superman's definitely a Jesus parallel. So the fact that it's like Bruce, of all people, having faith is interesting enough but then on top of that with this god character it works on a lot of different levels it's so good barry's not a total loser in this one no he i like the the scene with the dog thing i think it's kind of funny it's not my favorite but i liked it the fact that he like he grabbed the hot dog and i thought he was going to eat it I did too, which I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> and it said he's like, I always keep a meat snack for the, the dogs and whatever. Like, so do I start on Monday? That kind of thing. He didn't have the thing in the movie that they did with the Joss Whedon cut where, do you remember the part where in the movie he says like, oh, I've never really done this before. I've just kind of pushed people and I'm worried about saving people and and whatever. I don't think that he needed that in that movie. And they just, it's not a part of this one. 
he's actually more competent in this one. Yeah, which helps the overall plot. Like I said, it's the competence that sold the movie for me because they all seemed like they were on their shit instead of, I don't know, where's Clark? How do we get Clark? Here's something I'll say is a negative, unfortunately. There's there's a problem with casting and with visual stuff when it comes to the villains. Because Steppenwolf looks better. But honestly, I don't think he looks that much better. The design's just pointier. And he has like a smaller face and it's kind of like a D to a D+. Not a big fan of the design of that. And then you got like Desaad, who is a great addition to the movie. I'm so glad that he's in there. He's He's like somebody who can propel the plot and he can show off the fact that Steppenwolf is working for Darkseid. But then we get Darkseid as well. And it's like, all right, the three of them are all just grayish, black, grumbly voice blobs. I think that was just a part of it, the whole, everything's got to be more on the dark side and brooding and like even Superman's outfit was darker. Yeah, it's the black suit from the the comics, yeah. And even, but like even that didn't necessarily stand out as like, oh, it's the black suit. It just felt like, uh, it's darker because he's edgy. Like the, the whole deal is edgy. I do think that that's a little bit of a mistake having that kind of like everything's got to be dark and gritty all across the board because a little bit of color can pop and I'm not asking for like, you know, the, the three main villains to sound like Teletubbies or something, but like there should be some distinction in their voice. They shouldn't just be three characters that are all like, I'm the dark guy. I'm the dark guy. No, I'm the dark guy. Yeah, we know. Like, that's that's uninspired. I think is what I should say. Dark side should have had that voice. The other two, they could have had some other different voices, or they could have looked I, a little different. Because Desad, like, he's literally just like melting into a another blackish grayish blob here and there. And I could agree with that. But then again, it's like Snyder does something like that, and you're like, hey, how about we change that up? And then Whedon does something like, can we add a Russian family? I'm like, thank God that wasn't in this movie. Because that was a pointless bit during that uh, cut of the film. There was a lot about the theatrical release of the film that, especially looking back at this, it's just, it seems so silly on an unnecessary and it's kind of like paint by numbers it's like let's get a couple of jokes in the big action sequence just so it's not as dark and could be a little bit more lighthearted here and there and sometimes the jokes work sometimes they don't I don't like the idea of Superman picking up the entire building and the flash being like oh okay well I can't do that kind of a thing it's like no save the day you know (laughs) But when you get jokes like at the beginning of uh, Age of Ultron, where Stark says, shit, 
and Captain America's language, and then they're teasing him throughout the whole movie. Like, yeah, that's good. So I don't want to make it seem like it's like, oh, Whedon doesn't know what he's doing. Whedon knows what he's doing. He just he makes mistakes too. Everybody makes mistakes. Right. And it's I, I think he was handed a bag, you know, like I don't call it a bag of shit because it clearly wasn't. But he was handed an undesirable task. And I think looking back on it, I don't want to ever look at that cut of the film again, but I'm sure he did the best he could. I'd like to see a cut that mixes the two together, where you take the good things and the bad things and you kind of figure out a way to make it work. I think if you did that, it's it's too clashing of the ideals. Like one of my favorite things, Batman shot one of the uh, one of the parademons mm-hmm. right in the fucking head. I popped so big for that. <laughs> it's like, well, of course he did. Yeah, they're not humans. He can totally use their guns on these things. Yeah, they're not. They're not humans. Hell yeah. Yeah, the monsters, they don't count. So yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, kill those fuckers. You know, that kind of thing. We didn't get, like, for instance, the opening scene from the previous one. We didn't get the uh, the rooftop with the parademon. Uh, the, the random thief that Batman just, he goes there to go after, and then there's the whole subplot of, like, the power demons can smell fear and whatever. I didn't like that to begin with, but I'm glad that that wasn't in this. It's not here. And I'll I'll say it again, because I was worried midway through the movie that I'm like, oh, shit. It's going to be four hours long. I'm worried that by the time I get to Superman... I'm going to be like, you made me sit through three hours for this dude to just come in and say everything. And by the time he blew on the the weapon that uh, Steppenwolf was using and said not impressed, I was like, yes! Then he breaks it. And Aquaman starts kicking ass and Wonder Woman. And I, they come together, which, by the way, was not used in this version of the film. And uh, they come together and kick some ass, and it just felt right. Wonder Woman gets to decapitate him, so she gets her shot in. Aquaman gets his uh, stabbing in, so they're all like working together. Uh, Bruce is doing like crowd control type stuff, and it's it's certainly not perfect. There's problems with it. But there's a lot less problems with it than the other version. But I will tell you that it's worth it. It's yeah. worth sitting through. It's worth watching. I like the way it was broken up into parts. Yeah, I, I like that too. I think like that had me thinking this could have been a short series. Like, and it would have been perfectly fine. Like a five week thing, six week thing. Would have been perfectly fine. See, I don't know if I'd go in that direction. I think that waiting would be a problem. Because then people go, well, nothing happened in this one. They didn't even fight anybody in this part of the movie or like that. But I like his style of having those title cards. And I really, I remember really being surprised about that with Batman v Superman, where it says uh, the world is introduced to the Superman. 
I was like, that's pretty cool. And I think it it helped tell the story better. And I I'm sorry guys, I'm not the the best at words at two forty five in the morning, but I will say that this movie is one of the best DC movies I've seen since like the Nolan films. Like this was really good. It comes off to me more like an art house type of thing. This is what this is what an artiste <laughs> does with something like the Justice League. Whereas Whedon was like going a little bit more for like the popcorny type of stuff. And they're both have their merits. I kind of look at myself as being somebody who tries to do a mix between the two, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And I've never had a chance to do a Justice League film, and I probably never will, but you know, I've got my my blueprints. But uh, <laughs> you're gonna fucking uh, if I have to fund it myself, so uh, <laughs> do some films. But like, there's a lot of stuff that Zack Snyder brought to the table that are brand new Zack Snyder stuff that I think are like, you know, you put your stamp on this and it's great. There's some stuff where I'm like, you put your stamp on this, and I think somebody should kind of wipe that away, <laughs> but like. His idea of Aquaman being this Polynesian god dickhead, <laughs> like it's so much better than Arthur Curry being this whole like, oh, you know, you gotta save the the dolphins, and I'm gonna be this blonde haired white guy that's the same as everything else, and nah, give me give me badass Aquaman instead. And what an unlikely character to turn that into. Because you already have a brooding son of a bitch in Bruce. Right. And Aquaman feels like, take those elements and kind of give him a little bit of a street rat slash fish, because he's Aquaman. <laughs> street fish. And it, it works. And it works very well. And everybody brought something unique to the table, and I, none of it was like, hi, this is awful. You know, like, hi, I had said, again, I'm harping on a lot of the same points, but Bruce in the theatrical release just seemed like a douchebag that got nothing done. It was just like, oh, yeah, well, I can get my ass kicked because I have money. And in this one, he's so in control and he's so in the character and Aquaman not wanting to fight for Atlantis, but eventually just coming around to it because you can't run away from the world forever. Uh, Wonder Woman being the perfect paragon of virtue and unwavering and of course just being the strong woman character it everybody played their role is what i'm saying and it didn't feel like hey look i've got some red clay-doh and i've got some green clay-doh and i've got some purple and i rolled it all into a ball and now it's just a mess you know it felt like uh, this all came together very nice and in the same vein of like brian singer's x-men or the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I don't feel ever like I need to watch Aquaman or Wonder Woman, you know, to 
watch this film. This was just a fun, fun dive into superheroes, and it was action-packed, and it felt like the good old summer blockbuster. And I kind of want more of that. I kind of want more of just like, eh, fuck it. MCU is great, but maybe you don't always need everything to have this definitive continuity. I think that nothing can beat the MCU as far as how well they've been able to pull that off. But they've done that because they know what they're doing. And they put the time and the effort into it and they put the organization into it. Whereas DC was just sort of like, we'll do a Blue Beetle movie. Yeah, we'll we'll do a Nightwing movie. And it's like, well, you can't do a Nightwing movie if they kill off fucking Dick Grayson. And then it's like, well, we didn't talk to Zach about that. He shouldn't have been killing that off. Well, you should have talked to him. You know, like it's the WWE problem. You can't say we'll figure it out later and start doing a bunch of things. You have to figure it out in advance. And somebody like a Kevin Feige, that dude is brilliant. And he has proved himself at this point for over 10 years that he was like, I've got an idea of where we're going. We might have to take some different steps along the way just because some things get rearranged. Like Inhumans was supposed to be a movie. And then it became a TV show that was god awful. So I'm sure that some things didn't play out exactly the way that they thought. But they knew we're heading towards the Infinity Gauntlet story and we're going to have everybody come together and they're all going to be Thanos and it's going to be this whole thing and it's going to go back in time and we're going to do this and whatever. Like they had the basic ideas. Whereas DC, they just sort of decided to go, let's do that. And can we skip forward a little bit? And there's problems. There's stuff that are like, I still think that, and I was so disappointed with this that Diana's introduction, that action sequence, wasn't like that much better. Because to me, my issue with that was why is Diana's introduction about how quick she is? That's the flash. Diana's not somebody who's supposed to be like, if you think Wonder Woman, you don't think quick. You think I, powerful, right? I don't think it was supposed to be, oh, she's quick. It was, okay, she is single handedly saving all of these lives. It happened to rely on her swiftness because these lunatics had guns and were going to blow these children to bits. But I thought it was less about her speed and more about, hey, look at how much she can do on her own. Look at who she can save on her own before, like, she's partnering up with all these people. I just, I'd be, that's like a rewrite for me where I'm like, can we not make it that she does this all in the span of 10 seconds and she blocks machine gun fire? And because then eventually when you get to Flash, it's not going to seem as cool because. You're not going to see him as so much faster. It's just going to be like, well, Wonder Woman's fast too, and Superman's fast, and you know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, eh, I didn't like that. But then again, when they do some other things in this movie, and you're like, all right, the Amazonians get a longer fight scene, and they put up a better fight against Steppenwolf. So badass, you know? I love that everybody put up a better fight. Because, again, it made it seem like the threat was bigger. And it 
keeps our heroes in, uh, intact because they, again, they're not going down so easy. It's not just like, and we've lost, and all hope is lost. You know, it, they went down with a real fight. Another thing that is so much better about this movie is we don't get Henry Cavill's fake chin. That yeah. weird mouth CGI. Yeah. Stupid Not a single mustache. shot of it like that because none of the Stupid reshoots. Mustache. Yeah. And the, like his character didn't even need a mustache. Have you seen that Mission Impossible film? I have not. It's good. Like these movies just keep getting better and better. But his character didn't need a mustache. Maybe he wanted one. So it's weird that that's... I guess that that was just kind of one of those things that marks the movie as like, this is flawed, man, you know? Now we got like lawsuits and stuff going around it, but... I, uh, I'm i a big fan of a lot of the changes. Well, I can't even call them changes of the original ideas. It's still not perfect, but it felt... After four hours of watching it, I felt like I wanted more. And I felt like even though there's like some problems with some of those things, and for instance, one of those problems, I still think that it's a terrible casting decision to do Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. But when you end the movie partially with Lex Luthor telling Deathstroke that Bruce Wayne is Batman, I'm like, I want to see that Batman movie, damn it. Like, you know? Yeah. But the scene with them in Arkham. And I believe that was Zaz in the straight jacket. I don't know for sure. I think it might so have just been like a random dude. It might have been just like a random bald guy. But like the Arkham scene would be going, you know, I'd watch an Arkham Origins film. Yeah. Like where Deathstroke and Black Mask and all these people are trying to kill him. You got Joker and you got Riddler and Two Face and whatever in the mix in there, and Deathstroke's the the more physical villain out of the bunch, and Luthor I, has in, like set up some of this kind of stuff. Like, I enjoy the line of, "Oh, I thought you were a few clowns short of a full circus." Yeah, and he was like, "Yep, yeah, I was." And then Arkham Asylum helped me see the error of my ways. Like, yeah, he was a few clowns short because fucking Joker, like, uh. Great. It's a shame that it's like after it sets this kind of stuff up, you're like, all right, well, that's it. We're not going to get anywhere. And you're like, no, damn it. Like, also, from a completely, you probably don't even look at anything like this, but Bruce's house, his modern layout there would look so fucking cool. I was like, that's where Bruce Wayne would live. <laughs> realistically like yeah why wouldn't he live in an ultra modern home with the uh the big lake there that they use for that that thought that was pretty cool i don't like the penthouse as much as him living in wayne manor but at the same time if he's living in the penthouse like temporarily or something that's a different story but it's better than the penthouse in dark knight that's for sure yeah and at the end of the day, this was a major step up. And if you watch Man of Steel, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, and then this movie, it's like, 
I wouldn't go so far as to say a masterpiece, but it's definitely a, a unique take. Yeah, it's a noteworthy way of doing these kind of things that deserves a lot of credit. Again, there's flaws. There's things that I really don't like about some of those three movies, but there's all there's majority of it is just brilliant. Honestly, I'm going to give this movie like four stars. If we're rating on a five star scale, it's getting, getting four stars for me like this. Yep. It got four out of uh, five for me on um, Letterboxd. Like this was a lot of fun. Addressed a lot of issues. And above all else, it's the perfect like, hey, like you and Caroline, even though I'm sure Caroline's seen many movies with you. Hey, sweetie, you know, I know you're not super into comic books watch this thing things are gonna go boom it's gonna be fun like this this should have been theaters like this should have been in theaters the problem is nobody would want to sit through a four-hour one like somebody like me yeah but other people are like i know a ton of people that can't go an hour long movie without going to the bathroom in the middle of it and i'm like really i'd fucking hold it in Get a popcorn container and piss in that if you need to. Like, you know? <laughs> People sit through Lord of the Rings. No offense to Lord of the Rings fans. Like, look, Lord of the Rings is a great series. If you sat through the first one, which is 90% dialogue, you can make it through this easy. I don't know if you can do the same with The Hobbit, though. <laughs> no. Because then it's just biffle and niffle and stiffle and buffle and whiffle and whatever. And it's just like, oh, my God, they're fucking dwarfs. I get it. <laughs> Can you just die yet? <laughs> Where's the ring? <laughs> but this this has art to it, and it's got a gravitas to it that I think is going to be appreciated more and more as time goes on. Yeah, this is going to. I mean, we're we're living in it now, but like in twenty years. It's going to be like, hey, man, remember how good the fucking Snyder Cut was? Right. That was such a unique take on the Justice League. Wow, we should run that back. And this is just another example of a couple different things that we've seen. Like, the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 is way better than the uh, cut that ended up being released. At a certain point, stop fucking with the directors. They might not have the best ideas, but they're making the movie and they know what they want to take out and they know what they want to keep in. Daredevil is not a fantastic movie, but the director's cut of Daredevil is a better movie than the theatrical cut. It's just flat out better. And the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman is so much better of a movie. And this is so much better of a movie. Stop messing around with them. I'm curious now, like, really curious, if there's a good version of Suicide Squad. I wouldn't be surprised if there was. There's elements of that that's really good. It just happens to be at least half, if not more, sucks. (laughs) So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a good version of Suicide Squad. I think, I mean, oh, is it the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn? I don't think that there's a good version. <laughs> I think that that movie. So like that's that's almost like 1984 Wonder Woman for me, where it's like, all right, 
You just wanted a cash grab with Harley Quinn. I get it. It's not a good film. That's where I think the difference is between that director. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they wanted to make their quirky film. And somebody like a Zack Snyder with this one, he wanted to make his dark and gritty film. And sometimes your interpretation of a character isn't going to be beloved by everybody. And I I say that knowing full well that my favorite interpretations of characters aren't going to be everybody's favorites. Some people, their Batman is Adam West. And some people, they like Brave and the Bold. Whereas I'm more, I like Bat God, where, you know, the characters from the Justice League side of things and Bruce knows like everything and he's a complete ass. But at the same time, you know, he's not a bad person. It's just that he's really dejected. And to me, Batman shouldn't just be this character that people can only find weight to it if they make him old and beaten down and about to retire. We've like seen the, enough of that. Dark Knight, I, Dark Knight Rises. Uh-huh. Uh, Batman v Superman to a certain extent. Like, I don't think that you need to go in that direction just to make that have some value to it. But if you are, you got a particular story you want to tell, then maybe you do for like a one shot or something. Something like the Harley Quinn film they wanted to make Deadpool and their interpretation and an egg sandwich. Yeah. Their interpretation of that just didn't work. Whereas somebody else could have had the same exact movie in theory. And it might've worked because I think if you take a movie, like we want to do a Gotham city sirens, birds of prey kind of crossover where Harley Quinn's the main character. You can do it. It could work. But when you've got Black Mask is not Black Mask, other than the fact that he puts a black mask on, and you've got Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz is not Victor Zaz, except for the fact that he's named Victor Zaz, and the movie revolves around a fucking egg sandwich, then you're not making that movie. You're making a dumb, quirky Deadpool knockoff that happens to star the Harley Quinn character. And let me just say, this is a different podcast for a different day, but outside of the animated series on DC Universe, which I guess will now be HBO Max, Harley Quinn as this quirky, uh, e-girl, 2020 vibe, adventure girl chick, it doesn't work. It's a different podcast. For a different day. I really, I, I like, and Tony's laughing because he's heard me do this yeah. feel. <laughs> but, like, it, it doesn't work. I commend what they've done because the Harley Quinn character will forever be a symbol of girl power, but it, it, it doesn't work in the same way that I love the Nolan films. I think The Dark Knight is one of the better Batman films ever. Dark Knight, right? Dark Knight Returns. Uh, was it Returns or Rises? Which one's Rises? The Dark Knight Rises absolutely doesn't work because you just said 
and we're gonna have Bane, and he's gonna talk like this. Yeah, it, you you took the character of Bane, and you said, "Let's go sixty percent perfect," and then that extra forty percent, can we add a bunch of weird stuff? And it's like, no, you just ruined it because Bane being the type of smart calculating warlord type or whatever you're you're selling me on this that's really cool and then when he goes you're like what the hell decision was this you know again it's like lex luther in these movies if you replace jesse eisenberg with somebody who's not this squirrely little you know kind of character then lex is great because lex is just a manipulative smart jerk of a character if you shave vince mcmahon you might be on something i still think that he should have been played by john ham would have been a good fit because he would have been another tall good looking charismatic guy like luther should be instead of this kind of weaselly squirrely little guy Eisenberg could have been a great Mad Hatter. Might have even been a good Riddler. Yeah, you know he he could have been a great Riddler because Riddler can be that type of character. He's a squirrely little guy. I don't like when Riddler is laughing constantly like they used to do in the Adam West thing because it's like now you're just thing. And then again in uh, Batman Forever because Jim Carrey was yeah paying tribute to the Adam West thing. Yeah, Jim Carrey played the Riddler as the Joker. And Tommy Lee Jones played Two-Face as the Joker. <laughs> you know what, though? It's a, it's a decent film. And Arnold Schwarzenegger just went, ah, it's cold. And like, you know, it's, kind of, <laughs> it's cold. The Ice Age. Ah. <laughs> you know, but, I'm making puns. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kick some ice. I want to do a, a fan track about that. We got to watch that at some point. Puns out of the oven. Fresh puns. That, like, the different interpretations of different characters can really be a hit or a miss. And in this movie, in this version of this, ignoring even, like, Batman v Superman and stuff, Bruce Wayne, for the most part, like, 90% perfect. Wonder Woman, like, 90% perfect. Superman, I'd go a little less, because I do think he should be more optimistic and more of a symbol of hope. So that's an that's a negative for me, but I do still think that he's great. Aquaman so much cooler. Flash works really well. Cyborg so much better in this version. Night and day. And you got like Commissioner Gordon, J.K. Simmons is great, you know? Silas Stone was great. So it's just a better movie. I couldn't agree more. Those are all the notes that I've got. Anything else you want to bring up? Nope. I would advise that everybody go see it. I definitely I, think that people should check it out. If you, so, Even if you uh, didn't like Justice League, it, you know what? Even more so if you didn't like Justice League, watch this one. It's so similar, but it, the differences are enough that it might make you go, you know what? If you change a couple scenes, a movie can be a lot different. So Callum had kind of said we weren't going to like it. What do you think he heard about this film that he assumed we were not going to like it? I don't know. We're going to have to ask him. 
we'll have to discuss this on a another podcast in some fashion like a dark cast or something tbd podcast yeah because he was pretty uh set on the idea that we wouldn't like it and both of us are coming out of this going yeah man thumbs up <laughs> so. so much better i i don't know maybe he thought we were gonna take it to like if they didn't get everything right it was just gonna be a failure like because it was four hours long could be that could be the length could be so far though i haven't seen anybody dislike it on like, like social media and here's the deal we sit through monday night raw <laughs> we, we we i got a problem sitting down for four hours i'm sure you don't like if i'm passionate about something i have no issues with a lot of things like uh we've been doing this james bond franchise breakdown a review to a kill even the ones that I'm not a big fan of, like For Your Eyes Only, that we're going to be recording in the, the next couple of days, and it'll be up in four weeks or so from when you're hearing this, if you're hearing this yeah, four weeks before it comes out, at the very least. Uh, even something like that, like that movie, I've now, leading up to our review that we do, I've watched it three and a half times. Just in this week. And I don't like that movie. <laughs> So when it comes to something like this, where this is better, like this is a four hour movie. I'm certainly going to watch it again. Yeah, it's not. It's not a chore at all. Mm -hmm. It might be the type of thing that I might now that I've seen not only the original Justice League, if I would have watched this in the movie theater, I wouldn't have budged at all. Watching this at home, I was like, all right, I'm going to stop midway through and I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Now that I've watched even this cut of the movie. I'm sure next time I watch it, I'll probably watch like chapter by chapter or have it on in the background or something, you know? Right. But I think that it's, if you want to do yourself the best case scenario, watch man of steel, watch the ultimate edition of BVS and then watch this. I, I, don't even, I don't even think you need to see Wonder Woman, Aquaman, or Suicide Squad, for that matter. Actually, Aquaman came out after this, so it really didn't even count. But He's dead in the uh, dystopian yeah. future. British uh, Mira wants the revenge. Because <laughs> she's British in this one for some reason. I bet, I bet it fit. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it worked for me. I still would be okay if they would have recast her, but that's another story for another day. Again. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed our little breakdown here. A little. It was like an hour, 15 minutes. It wasn't four hours, though. And if you have any other ideas of what you'd like to see us take care of in the future, you know, you want us to do a breakdown of, you know, maybe you are interested in our thoughts on something like a Suicide Squad or whatever. There are a couple different ways that you can make sure that we do that kind of thing. One thing is to leave a comment below and tell us because, you know, if a lot of people are like, hey, do this, I'll be like, all right, you know, that's how it works. But in particular, there's the Pick Your Poison tier on the Patreon. If you want to directly sponsor something to make sure that we do it, that is where you get to pick because you've sponsored that. You've been like, hey, I'm paying for this. I want you guys to do that. And then, you know, if you want us to do like a fan tracks for one of these kind of things. I don't know if we could do a fan tracks for the Justice League for our one, but we'll see. You know, I'm not. Well, I'm not ever opposed you... to the idea of 
some of those kind of things. Sometimes it might just be like, okay, we might have to work something out or whatever. But now that you've seen it, you won't be totally quiet on the first go. That's true. Yeah. So that's, you know, there's options for different things like that. And if we do any kind of dark cast type of things, those are what we call the Patreon exclusive episodes on Smart Cat Moment. On Fanboys Anonymous, we call them bonus features. The idea is still the same. If you've been checking on the Smart Cat Moment stuff, then you should know by now that we do these. Uh, every once in a while, we do these Patreon exclusive things. So, yeah, you know, we've done something recently Pokemon related, but Rob and I can talk about superheroes till, you know, till the morning comes. So, and, I mean, for real. And it's, it's currently 3 15 in the morning. So, that's, it, <laughs> that's proof right there. It's just a good time. And I could ramble about Batman specifically for weeks without anybody even interrupting me, <laughs> you know? And I've heard his blueprint. I want him to go to Hollywood. He needs to go to Hollywood. You need to go to Hollywood. And I hope you get there. Someday I'm hoping somebody goes, you know, I was listening to this podcast and he mentioned that he had a 100 story Batman blueprint. And then I read it and then I saw it. And then whatever. And then I could be like, yeah, it happened. All right. And then everybody could go, oh, it's the worst thing ever. I don't like the mango cut. Like, you know? <laughs> How come this Batman does this? How come this Batman does that? You know? Oh. They don't like the mango cut. What do you want us to do about their fruit problem? <laughs> There'll be a whole bit uh, debate where, like, look, I'll say this. I think that the Martha thing can be done. <laughs> yeah. and and i'll say another thing somebody will be like there's uh the martha thing that's the worst thing that ever happened to batman and then it'll be like oh the mango story why is tim drake called flame bird there's a what? tease <laughs> there's a tease beautiful <laughs> that's my uh my version of the uh the joker scene at the end of this movie where you'd be like wait why is he flame bird why would he be flame bird Oh no, I want to hear this. Like, uh, uh, Patreon, maybe. You know. Shout out to Max Landis, by the way, too. Max Landis is awesome. Anyway, um, Patreon, there's the Facebook, there's the Twitter. Follow that all over the place here. Stay tuned to everything else that we've got coming your way on fanboysanonymous.com, whether it's on the superhero spectrum or it's on the James Bond stuff or it's on video games or TV or the Oscars, which we're not going to be doing a normal Oscars breakdown because. Uh, the movies yeah look at them they don't even really exist this year so uh, whatever's happening is happening we've got audio commentary tracks i want to talk about power rangers i want to talk about ninja turtles i want to talk about a bunch of different things and i want you guys to listen to us talking about that stuff i mean uh, the option is there guys <laughs> to just like let us cover all of batman the animated series it's there <laughs> if you pay enough i'll quit my job yeah. <laughs> i can't echo that even more yeah totally so follow what i've got going on there follow what i've got going on on the smart out moment stuff for the pro wrestling side of things go to smartcatmoment.com and you'll find all the information there the youtube channel and so on and so forth there's uh, the t public stuff red bubble and you know, the merchandise and follow what rob's got going on he's at dude felice on twitter in particular yeah i'm on I'm at DudeFelice on Twitter. I should have some irons in the fire regarding Twitch. I should 
always be working on pro wrestling over at fightful.com and wrestlezone.com until you pay me enough to sit here and watch <laughs> that maybe end of the series with Tony and then I will legitimately just leave my job. So forever, <laughs> that's a, that's an option. I am a slave. If you want to give me the right money, I'll do whatever it is. There you go. <laughs> that's my pitch. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> If you're hearing us, Bruce, you're rich. Yeah. Bruce, by the bank. Yeah. I, you know, come on. <laughs> by the bank. All right, everybody. That's, that's a great line. Though. It is a great line. How'd you get the house back? From the bank. I, I bought the bank. <laughs> it's like, of course you did. That's Bruce. God, I love Bruce. That's our Bruce. It's like a TV show or something. Da, 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 da. All right, everybody. Back. That is, uh, that's it for this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your continued support. And thank you for joining us the next time around. But for now, it's time for us to geek out.